talk about pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. You want to know why? Why? Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. Isn't that the truth? Very true. Oh man, you gotta laugh at this time of life because it is crazy. But I gotta be honest with you, Jen. Yeah, please. I gotta laugh at myself all the time. You know, laughing at yourself is something I need to incorporate more into my life. It's true. Let's talk about that for sure. But first, I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. And this week, I am all flocked up. (gasps) You are flocked up? Yeah. Tell me more about your flockage. (laughs) (laughs) Flockage sounds kind of glamorous, Jen. It does. So I am a little bit of a Clark Griswold. I am a, Whenever you say that, I'm thinking of like more like the Grinch rather oh. than like a positive thing. Interesting. I know. I don't know why, because usually when we talk about like a person representing, it's like Scrooge or the oh, Grinch. Do you go like Scrooge? That's like my first go to is like, oh, wait, but wait, no, she loves Christmas. What? No, I'm like, you know what this house needs? More lights. You yeah. know what this Christmas tree needs? More flock. So I got a Christmas tree, and a couple years ago, I was like, hey, honey, I want to flock my tree. <laughs> and we, we always cut down our tree. We drive to the mountains, and we chop down our tree, and then we drive home. Do you use we, an axe? Uh, no, we use a saw. Oh, okay. Like yeah. a, like a yeah. back and forth yep, saw. Yep, yep. Um, and um, even when I was pregnant, like I laid on the ground, and I saw, you know, would saw down the tree nice and slow in the mud, um, you know, because we don't get snow in our mountains typically <laughs> in November True. here in Seattle. <laughs> and our mountains are like 30 minutes away. So, um, you know, we're not really far up in the mountains. I'm not, I'm not talking the top of the mountains, you know, close mountains. So um, I want to... F- I wanted to flock my tree. And, uh, well, first, so let's just be honest. That okay. The cut-down trees here cost more than the, you know, pre-cut you know pre trees that gotcha. you might buy close by that are yeah. ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you pay more for the inconvenience, but yeah. the experience. It's the experience. Though. It's absolutely That's, the yes. experience of driving your children all the way up to the mountains full of hot cocoa, and they're restless and screaming in the car. Yeah, I'm that sounds such a lovely like picture. Like something you would never want to miss. Absolutely not. Mommy singing at the top of her lungs, there Christmas songs. It's amazing. It's so magical. So I decided to flock our tree two years ago, and I always kind of miss the moment to get the good flocking. So I get the like really kind of <laughs> the subpar flock. I get the like bottom of the barrel aerosol spray flock. How about you like? Uh, after Christmas sales, maybe I know I need it. Well, you can only order it online. Like you can't, you can't find it in the craft stores. In the why not? I've looked everywhere. Last year, what? I spent forever searching for good. Flocking. Michaels does not have flock. no, no nope. weird. None of the none of the craft stores have flock weird. It. I know. So I ordered my cans of spray flocking. Yes, 
and I flack my tree on the front porch. Oh, yes, you did. And it's looking pretty good. It's great. We're sitting in front of it currently. Uh-huh. And I was pretty excited about my tree, and I bring it inside, and we decorate it. And as we're finishing, I get on social media, and I see somebody post a picture of their purchased, professionally flocked tree. with a, Like, they flock it with a sprayer. Oh, my gosh. And apparently it, like, seals in the moisture, so you don't even need to put it in water. It's flame retardant. And then you can hose it off, so you actually can still compost your tree. What? It's also ridiculously expensive. Okay. But still, I'm like, that's it. Got to tear down the tree. Got to go get a professionally flocked one. But instead, I went home and I ordered more flocking. And I'm I'm now, like, two days out from flocking coming and I'm going to figure out how to flack my tree that's already decorated. And I was like, I need more ribbons. So are you telling me that you had some um, internet jealousy? I had I had tree envy, Jen. Tree and I told her, I was envy. like, oh, I've got tree envy. Serious tree envy. Social media made me jealous of her tree. I was like, I, I want to be as flocked as your tree. <laughs> it's true. You want flocked up. I I am so flocked up over these trees right now. This is nuts. This is so crazy. Okay, wait. If I remember right, she then admitted something to you. No? That she saw my tree. And didn't she like it or something? She did. It inspired her to get her flock tree. Oh, I see. So you had posted my flock my, tree. And then she's like, oh, wow, I have some tree envy. I'm going to go out and get a flock tree. And then you see her picture and you're like, oh, she's more flocked. I want more flock. Yes. So this is a ping pong of jealousy. I mean, I wouldn't envy. say it was jealousy like is bad, bad jealousy. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, I didn't know it could be more flocked. Right. I got to do that. Right. I mean, the challenge is my kids have decorated the tree, so I can't, like, go taking off ornaments because it's been yeah. so sweetly decorated. Yeah, I'm going to have absolutely. to post a picture on Instagram of my tree. Absolutely. Oh, uh, yes. We'll do a selfie of us today Definitely. in front of the tree, and we'll oh, post it Oh, I didn't curl my hair, though. It's okay. Okay, fine. We'll put a picture of us up in front of my tree, and you can see my subpar flocking because it came from oh a couple gosh. of spray cans. But I like, yeah, anyway. You guys, I got to be honest, though. She paid a ridiculous amount. And after you put together what I paid for my tree and my two cans of flock and my box of flock that's on the way, I, too, paid that amount. <gasps> and it's not professionally flocked or flame retardant or, and it doesn't so seal in the water. next year, professional flocking? I'm paying $250 for a tree, apparently. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, you do that then. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Okay. They could probably get a pretty good fake tree for that. <laughs> Which brings us now to kind of um, yesterday, we're talking about a topic for a podcast. And we started talking about um, kind of all these different pictures that we can see um, in all the social media places, right? And we love them all. I mean, what is what is better than just seeing a snapshot of someone looking super empowered and strong and all of that in birth or looking beautiful pregnant? Like, there, 
Yeah. Awesome. You love it. You didn't get that before social media. Totally. Love it, love it, love it. I it mean, was maybe pop- you would see pictures in birth class, sure. right? But where else were you seeing pictures of people birthing before yes. social media? Absolutely. And now that the restrictions have been loosened a little yes. bit about what we can share, totally. it's been fantastic. Like people can really see what yes. birth looks like. But is it really what birth looks like? Exactly. And that's, um, that's kind of where we want to riff on today a little bit is um, kind of sitting with both the like, oh, that is amazing and beautiful and we love it. And the flip side of then we can get really pulled into this is what it's supposed to look like um, or comparison or, you know, flocking, you know, and one, one upping each other's stuff here. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, kind of feeling like a failure, um, whether that be in birth or pregnancy or all the things reminds me of a couple of years ago. Um, I was kind of pulled into this, even thinking about social media of, um, how everybody has these beautiful pictures of like, Oh, isn't this so pretty? My like tree or my, I don't know, my, my house or my cute kids playing on the floor, whatever it was. Right. And I was like, wait, I want to do the opposite of that. I want to do real life. I think I called it like real life December or something like that. And so I started taking pictures of like in the background, there might be something cute looking, but really in the foreground, the major focus of that photo was me folding laundry and piles of laundry around, for instance. So, um, I think that there's that understanding of like, we see, but a tiny view, a snapshot that is close up of either a particular person's moment in life or the lens is only on that thing in front of us. And if you pan out, it looks way different. I mean, I feel like that all the time, even of if I could put blinders on and just see this thing in front of me and not see maybe some of the chaos that's actually a wider view, then um, I might feel more settled, peaceful, etc. cetera. Um, but of course, that's my internal work here. So anyway, so today, that's, that's why we're calling it birth porn today. We're talking about birth porn. Now, this is a little bit different than porn, but we're going to. It's kind of like porn in that it's not always the real deal. It's kind of eye candy, right? And that's how we're drawing the, the similarities here is that this is all eye candy. And it's. It doesn't always paint a realistic picture, and you don't have to be drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going to kind of stop with, just in case anybody's worried about, like, what the heck are these people going to talk about the next, you know, half hour? Uh, the name of this is birth porn. What? So um, <laughs> just to put everybody at ease there, really, we're going to start to explore some of, um, again, that idea of the snapshot versus the wide angle lens of what life looks like in comparison and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like what I see on social media, and I think it's fantastic if this is what somebody is drawn to, but I feel like what I'm always seeing is that there's always this person who's got this really perfect belly and is always wearing this very fitted dress Mm -hmm. and they're always very called to birth. And I was doing a... You mean uh, those words, like, I am called to birth. Yeah, like... Like, I know exactly what I want. Yeah. I, I knew from the moment I was a, a little girl the kind of birth that I wanted. I have always believed in my body. I've always trusted birth. I'm fit. I'm fit. I, I have always known I could 
do this. And I'm kind of doing an air quote around do this because it's, um, what does that even mean? Like uh, everybody does it. All, all, all babies come out. Yeah. Um, but there's this, you know, um, level of trust that these people have. And I feel like that's what you see. And I yeah. was doing a little meet and greet with somebody who was interested in doula services and a couple weeks ago. And she's sitting in my office and she said, you know, I was meeting with a couple other doulas and they all kept asking, what kind of birth do you want? And she's mm. like, I don't know if I'm actually supposed to have an out-of-hospital birth. And I said, tell me more. And she said, well, I don't feel like I know exactly the kind of birth that I want because mm. I don't necessarily feel called to a type of birth. I haven't, like, worked through my own birth or process that. And I Wait, don't did have... someone ask her yeah. about her own birth? Uh-huh. Oh my God. I haven't drawn a picture of this birth uh, that I want. And I, and I don't know, honestly, if she meant that like, like a physical drawing or, um, or not, but, and I was really surprised and I, and I, this is one story, but I think that really this could be a lot of people who say these things to Absolutely. us. We hear this all the time that people feel super, um, responsible for knowing yeah. what kind yeah. of birth that they want and that if that, that they're supposed to feel called to this type of birth and if they're not feeling called to birth that they're just not supposed to have yeah, yeah. no that's yeah. that that totally makes sense and um i i think it's great that there is that air quoting calling to birth, right? right? That there is the, um, I know what I want. I feel really settled in my body and my decision-making process. Awesome. Great. We love you. You're great. That is awesome for you. And what we're doing is speaking to the people that that's not their experience, that you are like, oh, um, I'm pregnant. Now what do I do? And who do I go to? How do I do this pregnancy thing? You're, you're in that camp of um, trying to just navigate this. Um, and then you are inundated with um, social media or friends in your life or media in general where there's kind of this snapshot that isn't necessarily res resonating with you. Then there's the like, oh, am I supposed to get maternity photos and oh, gender reveal parties and I don't, I don't look nor do I feel like I have this cute tiny little bump that is my whole body hasn't changed except for my, my baby belly and I sit there in a tape fitting um, you know, dress and take these amazing pictures. Well, we want to be able to sit with both, right? Because we feel like some of the predominant messages can be more about, I know what kind of birth I want. I am advocating for that. And I know how to plan and navigate a pregnancy and an amazing postpartum. And on the flip side of that, we wonder, how many people actually feel like that? Or is that a media portrayal of, of something that is not the common person's experience? Right. So and we're I not... think they meet those people now and then. And the thing is, is I don't feel like those people necessarily have better. And again, no. I'm like, I feel like I'm quoting, like air quoting around better because what's a better birth? But I don't feel like those people are more inclined to have the births that they 
write down on their birth plan than the people that come in and don't know what they want. Not enough. I think that being called to birth doesn't make you more likely to have a certain type of birth than not being called to birth. Yeah. Uh, there There are so many factors involved in having a nice, efficient birth that goes smoothly that has nothing to do with a calling. Right, right. So this is is what we're going to chat a bit about today is that um, I think it's that idea of UBU and um, that we're not, we want to be, I I feel like putting my arms out wide, nobody can see me. This is probably (laughs) the day that we should be having the video, right? Rather than podcast. Because what I imagine in my mind's eye here is like me with big old wide open arms going, there's room for everybody at the table. There's room for the people that are um, feeling like they don't measure up because they don't have the Pinterest pregnant body or the desire for a particular type of birth. And it's those wide open arms of the person who's like, yeah, I, I really enjoy this time in my life and I've always wanted this. And so this feels a celebratory time where yes, I am excited about having maternity photos taken and my gender reveal party, I can't wait for it. And there's these kinds of ideas that for them are, are really real and resonate for them. So it's big, wide open arms where there's room for everybody here. Yeah. All of us. And if having a crazy exploding cake that says what type of genitals your baby has feels awesome, you do that. Like, that's great. It, Translation for Elise right there. What she's referring to is my flogging. Um. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, oh. the, the gender reveal. What we're, she was referring oh. to is uh, <laughs> the genital thing was uh, her. The big exploding cake that says what kind of genitals. Yes. Oh, exactly. yeah, the gender gender reveal. Not my flocking. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, wait, where, where, where did you flocking go? Did you gender reveal your, your tree? I did. I totally did. <laughs> Underneath the tree skirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's off. <laughs> um, and... If it doesn't resonate and you're like, uh, screw that, There's, that is way too expensive, don't do it. There is no pressure. I mean, nobody was doing that when I had kids. Then you could start a wildfire. Did you hear about that? No. So I think it was in Arizona. That, oh, 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 yes. Yeah. So um, for those who didn't hear, there was a gender reveal party. Sounds really sweet and fun, whatever. It was their thing. And they like uh, shot an arrow, I think, towards a bullseye. And then was it actually supposed to turn into a specific color? I don't know exactly. All I know is that they shot this flaming arrow and it started a massive wildfire. Oops. (laughs) Whoops. Gender reveal party gone wrong. So don't do that. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think it could be really, really fun. I I think that some of those experiences are... um, can promote um, attachment to this pregnancy. Um, it can uh, help draw other people into the experience. I'm thinking of what if this is like you're, you know, you've got a 10 year old and you're expecting a baby. Like how fun right. to um, have this family celebration. Um, but I think the point we're trying to make here is that sometimes these things um, either feel like an expectation that you're supposed to be doing this. And rather than it just be, um, I don't know, maybe it's not you. 
Maybe right. you're not into dr- these things. It's, and the reason I brought my tree back into this is yes, because please. I was chatting with Jen and I was like, you know, the the second the second round of flock that I ordered, it was not because I was like, ooh, I gotta I gotta one up this tree at all. It was actually because I was like, I love that flock, and I'm like, ooh, flock goals, right? Um, yeah. Oh, there's so many hashtags today. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, I feel so inspired, and that makes me so happy because I get right. so much joy from decorating for Christmas. Like yes. seriously. I will decorate up until the day I take the decorations down and it makes me feel so connected with my kids and my home and I love it. And so I can't wait for that box of flock to come and do it. And even if it turns into a Pinterest mass, it will still bring me so much joy. If it didn't and it brought me stress, I would not do it. So if that gender reveal party makes you feel like, ugh, I have to see some relatives that I don't want to be around. This is money I don't have. I actually would much rather save that $1,000 and spend that on a doula. Mm -hmm. Do that. Right. Yeah. But if if you can afford both or you want to spend money on that and it brings you joy, then do it. Yeah. Yeah. There is just, there's no expectations. There have been many, many babies born in this world that did not find out their, their parents did not find out their sex by their cake exploding or balloon popping. And they are fine in this world. I'm Mm. sure my parents, I mean, my parents did not have the ability to find out my sex before I was born. No. (laughs) No, they didn't have that technology back then. Um, So, Elise, I'm thinking about um, two different births that I was at this last week and how um, I took photos at both births and um, was really pleased with the way some of these photos turned out. Um, But as I look at them, I am definitely reminded and like, yes, that is the story of these people's births. Those snapshots happened. I know. I was there. I took those photos. I can think and be and feel what that experience was like. And yet, if I'm away from that photo, the feeling, the overall feeling I might have had about that birth or experienced it with these folks it, it almost feels to me like almost two different things where that snapshot does not, or many pictures that I took, does not accurately reflect all of the moments of that birth. And um, even you, Elise, if I would show you all those birth photos, you'd be like, oh, great. I had a good you know, understanding of what the type of birth that these folks had and blah, blah, blah. But what you wouldn't see is all of the emotion that was not captured by the camera. Those are definite parts of her story, but our point here is that we we represent these photos, these images, these stories that we hear of birth um, are 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 definitely true and real and they happened. They were not set up. Um, I'm thinking of this really powerful um, picture that I've saw this this week on the internet, um, or sorry, on like social media, right? Of this woman um, pushing a baby out and she had this like really determined look on her face. She was pulling on some sort of scarf material while leaning over. Like um, she's with her OB or midwife and her partner. And it's this amazingly powerful scene. Of course, it's in black and white as well, which makes it even look more like, 
you know, I don't know, a moment in time. And that is true. That moment happened. You can't set that up as a model. You can't Photoshop a moment like that. And yet that was one moment. That was not the story of the entire time. And so I think what we're trying to um, convey here and to encourage is that, yes, find the um, images, the stories, the literature, the all the things, right, that are, are giving you a snapshot of potentially what, what birth looks like and maybe makes you feel empowered. But when you start to, to get into that other ground of maybe potential comparison or um, wondering how you could actually achieve that, um, those type, or fear even, um, when, when those emotions start being stirred up inside of yourself, then that's, that's the time to examine, right? Do some internal work or make some choices that maybe that's not the best for you at this point in life, right? And I really feel like this is also um, great preparation for parenthood, right? Um, you're going to see other people's, uh, let's go back to the flocking. You're going to see other people's <laughs> Christmas trees and go, oh, that's a great idea. You know, right. um, you're going to see other people's infants and go, oh, that's a great idea. Um, but the, the subtle difference here is if Elise had, had, um, had gone into kind of a deep, you know, spiral of I'm not enough and I want more and those negative attributes with her tree, that's not a great thing that that's just done, you know. Um, But the same thing with a a, a child, you can see something and go, oh, that's a really great idea or great new piece of information for me to incorporate into my my parenthood, um, the way I'm parenting, right? Um, but when it starts to be, I am not enough, that's when we got to back out, right? We got to see the wider lens here and know that this is a, a very close-up view versus a wide lens of the, uh, of the breadth of life. So this doesn't just apply to birth, but it also applies to pregnancy. And I'm really thinking about early on in pregnancy in that first trimester, mm-hmm. when you feel awful... Not everybody feels awful, but a lot of people feel really awful. And I think it can be really isolating when you look on, you know, Instagram or Facebook and you see these images of perfect baby bumps or even these amazing nurseries. And, you know, I recently got the suggestion of uh, hashtag nursery goals. Have you Uh seen that one? No. Oh, man. The nurseries are, uh, they're amazing. And nice, I look at them and I'm like, wow, I got to just smash down all the walls and burn my house down because yeah. my house will never amount to those nurseries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and maybe you guys have houses that look like that, but I'm like, wow, those are amazing houses. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, when I'm in my first trimester and I'm laying on the floor in front of the toilet crying and I just feel miserable... I don't feel like I can ever measure up to those those images that I see on social media. And I think that's that's similar to this this birth yeah. born idea of how am I ever going to look like that? How is my nursery ever going to look like that when I can't even I can't even look at you know 
the internet to shop for a crib or a changing table, you know, let alone look like these women who take all these pictures, you know, month by month of my growing belly or what if my body doesn't look like that body? Hmm. Um, all of those. But don't things. you think this is a also a cultural change that we're encouraging, or maybe, maybe just an idea, right, to be aware of um, that social media in general, or um, messages that we receive um, in today's world, can push us more towards comparison rather than sitting with self acceptance. Absolutely. So, like, really, isn't it kind of um, our own personal work to go, okay, who cares? Who cares what somebody else's nursery looks like? That's that's not something that I'm trying to achieve or live up to. But it's really kind of living in our own lane, living our own truth, living our own who, who am I and what am I drawn to and how we can change even through a lifetime. The things that I'm drawn to 10 years ago are not things that I'm drawn to today because um, I think I change as a person, as a human, um, my gifts, my abilities, my time, um, my energy, all of that really changes. And I, I think we're being careful here too because um, Elise and I are like, yes, we love beautiful things. We love people <laughs> who enjoy beautiful things. And there is nothing inherently wrong with having a beautiful nursery or amazing birth photographer fee or um, prenatal beautiful images, right? None of that is bad. No, I love all of that. We love all of that. I think what we're speaking here to though is that keeping up with the Joneses or right. if or, that makes you feel awful, you can't right. go there, right? Right. But I also want to say yes, if that does make you feel awful, don't go there, but I also want to say that that doesn't necessarily work for everybody that sometimes we can't separate those two oh yeah also like that's some hard work that yeah that has to be done long before this very moment that we can't just click that on or off overnight um and i'm thinking too of and this is separate but you know for some folks we go into pregnancy with depression and for some there is depression that happens during pregnancy. Right. We talk a lot about postpartum depression, but we don't hear a right. lot about antepartum depression. Absolutely. And that's something that, that happens for a lot of women yeah. or a lot of pregnant people, um, that there is depression. And you don't see that. Right. Um, there, there isn't a social media meme for antepartum depression because that that doesn't make a very cute, funny meme that goes right. viral, right? Oh, that's so true. Um, yeah, that yeah. that doesn't make a cute hashtag, and we forget about that. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, you know, so postpartum or antepartum depression and feeling sick that doesn't always get get around in the same way that cute little nurseries do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so honoring that and that you might be caught in that, and um, so we see you and we see you back there. Um, and we know that you don't always get the same attention as the $1,000 gender reveal party does. Right. So, um, okay, so I actually want to fast forward, too, into postpartum because you might also not look like that person in those newborn or family photos. And we're actually really hoping that you're not because those people are, and I'm going to quote again, bouncing back and 
Oh, if you've ever listened to another episode of our show, you know that mm. bouncing back is my like soapbox topic. Stop with the bouncing back already. Mm. You, it took 40-ish weeks mm. to grow this human being. There's a lot of changes that happened in your body, mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to unhappen, undo overnight. Mm. And so you don't need to look like you didn't just have a baby. Right. I'm so over all this celebration of looking like you're growing a baby and then all of a sudden we're like oh 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 you can't look like you just had a baby right Right. like stop it's great to look like you just had a baby i also um so two thoughts come to mind one is that is the first one at least shut up about this already no not at all (laughs) it should no just kidding um it will be eventually the first um thought is um so what about those who do look like they're um, they don't look like they just had a baby. And that's okay if that happens just naturally. Because I want to, that's that's the pause there. Right. Where um, you might be in a body that um, does naturally um, shed um, the look right. of having just had a baby. But not in a bounce back way, right? No. Because you it's, might yes. not look on the outside like right. you just had a baby, but on the inside... Things still look like you had a baby. Absolutely right. So, so I want to be careful here to say we're we're not um, we're not bashing those who um, they externally don't oh, look like right. they just had a baby because that, there's there's nothing you can do about that. This is biology, and I think we also mm. need to bring that awareness to folks that. Um, sure, there's this camp of folks who are working out a lot post baby and wanting to like there's there's diet and exercise and we can pick up any magazine and look at the latest star and how they have bounced back right right and what that looks like so we're, we're kind of bashing that of um that's the idea what yes. we're what we're not bashing here is for the person who's like you know what i get my endorphins and my mood is is more uh equilibrated is that a word? Um, <laughs> my mood is better when I am moving my body and um, my metabolism is just super high anyway. And you know what? I'm drawn to whole foods that make me feel really good, right? So we're not bashing those folks who are moving their body, who are eating After well. healing. Exactly. So we're looking at um, it not being all or nothing. We're, we're against we're against the idea of bouncing back, yes. but we are for the idea of you feeling your best. Right. And if that means moving your body or eating food that is is really um, nutrient-dense and feeling good, I mean, that's a good goal for all of us. But if your body naturally releases um, the changes of pregnancy quickly, great. We're not shaking our finger at you, but what we're coming against is this predominant idea that there, like Elise said, I just love what you said is that, um, the, well, it, take, it takes time to heal and, and I'm not talking even about the external. I'm talking about the oh, internal. I'm oh, talking about healing your pelvic floor. I'm talking okay. about that part in your uterus where your placenta detached from and allowing that to heal mm. because that's a wound, right? Right. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about letting your organs move back into the right. place where they started before a baby moved into that place. Right. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the additional fluid in your body right. that it 
took as uh, that took space in your right. body as you grow a person. That all takes time to get rid of. And the emotions and the hormones, all of that. So honoring that that just takes time. Right. So that that doesn't bounce back. And for some folks, it also means some extra fat. Um, yeah. It takes fat to make breast milk. And that is totally fine. Right. So it takes some extra calories to and that was, make fat. And uh, that was information that I was never exposed to during the times when I breastfed that, hey, you actually need more calories in order to sustain um, milk production. Some folks do. And um, I, in retrospect, kind of wish that that had been information that was given to me, that there is a connection there because that wasn't, um, I probably could have had a different experience with breastfeeding had I known some of those Right. Well, I think what we always hear, oh gosh, you know, eating for two when you're growing a baby. And I know that that's not exactly the way it works, but you think about, um, I'm growing this baby and I've got a baby on the inside. So I need extra calories to grow a baby while you're pregnant. And then this baby is on the outside. And so you naturally think that you need less, but if you're breastfeeding, you still are growing that person. And that often blows people's minds. Maybe that's not you. We went way off topic, Um, but I really, I think social media doesn't always portray that, that that's what's happening in your body. Right. And nor does hanging out with people um, in a, in a city, you know, you live in your city and you hang out with maybe this group of other folks who have just had babies. Right. And you look around and go, why am I not looking like that? Why am I not feeling like that? What, that's what we're encouraging. Yeah. Is it, um, I don't know why this idea of stay in your own lane, like you don't need to swerve over to somebody else's lane. And, um, I don't know. I think as my adulthood has progressed, this is a feeling that I wish I had developed a long time ago. And it feels so much better to be living in my body when my second thought isn't comparison, but it's more of, well, what's best for me? You know, and um, this idea, I think of staying in my own lane. I'm not trying to veer over to be behind somebody else. Yeah. Well, I think we were talking to somebody who said that, and, and this is kind of where the idea for this topic came from. We were talking to um, somebody in our office recently, and she said that she was looking at social media, and there were pictures of people who were showing their postpartum bodies. Right. But even those pictures were felt very edited and still looked great. And right. so maybe looking at more raw pictures of hey this is a postpartum body right right not not maybe the most in shape postpartum bodies right right, right. again right. we're only seeing the perfect body with just the baby bump right right yeah um so if you know if you are struggling with feeling different or struggling with your mood or feeling separate from what you're seeing on social media, decide if social media feels like a lifeline to feel connected Mm -hmm. to people you know or your village or if it feels isolating because there are parts that I certainly look on and feel like, gosh, I'm seeing other people I know and really feel inspired by. And then there are other parts of social media that, for me, I feel like, wow, that's a whole bunch of strangers with a whole bunch of, you know, very fancy things that I can never personally aspire to 
to yeah, yeah, yeah. do or have. That makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, once again, here we are with you do you. Yeah. You know, and so wrapping this back around to birth porn, you know, such a such a reach and yet at the same time, not at all a reach. And I really what comes to mind when I think about birth porn is I think about like a Playboy centerfold and probably I'm thinking of like an old school Playboy centerfold. And we were chatting about this earlier and Jen's like, really? Like, what do you mean by that? And so I had to tease I was this having out. a hard time with she it. She was totally having a hard like, time. I don't know where you're going with this. I but don't I'm, like this. I think I'm thinking of like a 1960, well, they probably still do this, but I'll be quite frank. Like, I don't know that I've seen a Playboy centerfold. The idea of a Playboy centerfold is what you're thinking. Yeah. yeah, like I'm thinking about what it takes to put somebody into a Playboy centerfold and what is involved, like hours of hair and makeup, right? And if she's on a couch or I don't know what somebody would be like laying out over, but like there's probably some props behind her to get her into yeah. like a very unnatural position, right? It's probably not very comfortable. And there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff happening, right? Right. It's such a glimpse of reality. But there's probably it's again, it's that one little snapshot and there's a lot of behind the scenes and behind behind, right? There's a lot of behind the scenes happening here. Right. And there's probably some things leading up. I was telling Jen, she probably didn't need a big old sandwich before that because that would have made her super bloated, right? There's right. so much. And the same with those photos that you might see on Instagram or other social media, right? There's a lot of behind the scenes. If you zoom out of that picture in another episode way back when we first started podcasting, I shared a picture about my kids on Crazy Hair Day. Oh, yeah. And I said, you know, if you look at a picture of my kids what you would see is oh they're adorable look at I spent all this time making their hair for school like all cute and crazy right maybe it was I I can't remember exactly what it was but it was like oh look at these adorable kids in their cute little crazy hair day thing but I can even tell you that I did another picture of them recently for they went to the nutcracker and they looked so adorable in their Christmas dresses. And their American Girl dolls had the same dresses that oh they had on. That's awesome. Now, if you zoomed out of that picture, just like on Crazy Hair Day, yeah. you would have been like, whoa, did somebody break into their house? Yeah. Nope. It's Monday. Yeah. That's just what my house looks like on any given Monday. Right. That's just the deal, right? right? And same with a like a Playboy photo, right? That's just a, a little snapshot. Jen's like, I don't see where you're going. I, I don't know where you're going. But this is like social media. It's the same deal. Like that's just a tiny little glimpse at what perfection looks like. Right. But if you zoom out, it's there's so much more involved in it, right? So mm -hmm. you gotta. You got to see the bigger picture yep. and not do a whole lot of comparing because if you compare yourself to a Playboy centerfold, you're going to see that it's going to give yourself probably a whole lot of feelings of guilt and depression, maybe some feelings of less than, and maybe even some anger, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, certainly 
I would have some feelings of less than if I constantly compared my house to, you know, hashtag nursery goals. Yeah. And I don't even have a nursery. I just know that my home, any room in my house is never going to compare to those nurseries. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And on that note... Follow us on social media. Way to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So we, we're going to put some realness on social media this week. And we hope that you share. Hey, how about that? Comment on our social media this week. We're going to share this episode on social media. Follow us and post. Um, share on social media on our on our post. Um, share your real photos how about that and share on your own social media and why don't you tag us so we can see it it doesn't have to be body we're talking about just life right yep just life just share your real life honest life um but follow us pushing it podcast on instagram facebook and check us out on uh, pushingitpodcast.com. All right. Share Thanks us with everybody. your friends, too, because I bet they're super real. Yeah. All Stay right. Strong. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>